Apologies for the delay, everybody. We're trying to get a special guest in, and then, as to seems to be the trend with our special guests, they're having a little bit of difficulty uh, getting into the chat. But Tony, why don't we start by describing to the audience, you know, how we we came to meet Harrison? Because it was a pretty interesting introduction, if I do say so myself. Uh, this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one back to you, Tom. This one was mostly. Uh... <laughs> you and Harrison conversing for this one. So I'm going to throw it back to you and you can kind of give the backstory of how this all kind of came to be. Yeah. So he just entered the chat. So we'll, we'll bring him in, but so let me give you a little bit of background. So joining us for the first time is Harrison P. Kent, the fourth. He's the CEO and co-founder of Kent analytics. It's a sports analytics company based in Manhattan, New York. Uh, Harrison, why don't we try to get you in here? Welcome to the program for the first time of hopefully many times. Greetings, Thomas. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Yeah, it really is, Harrison. We've been messaging for the past couple of weeks, and it's great to finally have you on here. This is one I've been, and Tony can attest to it, the first time I saw your Twitter, I said, we need to get this guy on the show right now. Uh, so it's great to finally have you here. And it's great to talk to you, Thomas. You've been a great supporter of my work uh, throughout my entire tenure on Twitter. So I, I, I very much support uh, your work, I, I've listened to your podcast previously, uh, and, and you do some fantastic work, and I very much appreciate you having me on on your podcast. Yeah, of course, I, I'm just glad that we're one of the first people to finally have you here. So let me give a little background for the followers who don't you know, follow Harrison. I highly recommend that you do go follow him on Twitter. Uh, so Harrison graduated from Harvard, who's summa cum laude, uh, where his family has actually attended Harvard for eight generations. So he graduated there in 2000. He had a double major in economics and classics. He created Kent Analytics, which is arguably the most anal- uh, accurate sports analytics firm. But he spoke... Uh, focuses specifically on football. I think I'm, it's I'm, actually. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. It is not arguably the most accurate analytics it, company. It is by far the most precise. Let's be clear. I thought I thought you might say that. My apologies. I just I wanted you to be able to to. No, it's okay. Uh, to make that claim. Uh, so your love of football started at Harvard. Yes, you were actually kind of sheltered as a child. Um. Well, it depends what you mean by the word sheltered. You see, in the academic sense, I was hardly sheltered. I grew up at the Kent Estate in Greenwich, Connecticut. And so I never attended uh, schools with other children at a young age. Uh, you, you see, um, I, I never participated in sports besides some, some of the more genteel sports like badminton and, and polo. So I was never uh, exposed to football until the time that I attended Harvard. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that is what I meant by sheltered. Um, I do have a question. As somebody who kind of plays chess very casually, are you a bit of a chess fan? I'm kind of surprised somebody of your caliber, of an intellectual, hasn't played chess at a, at a nearly professional level. Uh, well, I I have not participated in chess at a professional level, but I but I am, I do basically have the talent necessary to compete at a professional level. You see. Is it just yes, too boring? Uh, in some sense, in some sense, it is. It is a, a, a little bit too boring for a man, a man of my skill. Uh, I I did participate in a chess club at Harvard, um, and I, I I won the first two tournaments that I participated in, and I quickly lost interest. And um, 
that happened to be around the time that I started uh, programming my algorithm when I first watched an American football game. So uh, then my life became uh, consumed by football in a sense, and my whole life's mission uh, began to educate the ignorant masses about how to properly analyze football. So you see, chess is something that perhaps I would have become more involved with had I not discovered football. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay, that's really interesting. That's good to know. Uh, you know, maybe someday we'll see you becoming the the world champion of chess. Um, so the game that kind of made you fall in love with football first, it was Denver-San Diego of 1999, yes? That's precisely correct. Now, I, I noted in previous tweets, though you have gone to a Giants game, you don't actually have a particular fandom. Maybe Denver and San Diego, like, are those the two closest teams that maybe you could say you are a fan of, or is your goal to remain impartial so as not to throw off the calculations? I am completely impartial. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do not want to throw off my calculations. I, I, I do not want to cause my clients to think that I'm being biased in any way. You know, bi biases seep into analyses all the time. You need to be very careful. Even... A man with my scientific level of, of, of practice and of, of, of carefulness can sometimes be hampered by bias. It's very rare. But no, I, I'm not a fan of any team. The reason that I attended the Giants game, the first game I attended was um, again the Giants against the Denver Broncos. And that was the first NFL game that I've ever attended reason that I attended that game is because I'm friends, I'm associates, you might say, with Stephen Mara, mm. who's a member of the Mara family. So he invited me to go to the game, and I, I very much enjoyed uh, staying in the box there and, um, and watching the game from there. And the second game that I attended was the game against the Raiders. And that was simply to witness the magnificence of Derek Carr whom my algorithms consider to be the number one most effective quarterback in the NFL when assessed on a ceteris paribus basis. Now, many of your viewers might not know what that means. And I get this all the time on Twitter. Ceteris paribus, what does that mean? It is Latin. All else equal. Canty Analytics is able to separate a player from his surrounding factors and analyze him based on how he is alone, independent of his system. Derek Carr is the most effective quarterback in the league. It is simply the fact that his offensive line, his receivers, and his play calling is keeping him down, that he doesn't have the highest, let's say, touchdowns, highest passer rating, and other major categories of stats like that. So, um, not to get off t uh, off mark here, what is holding him back? The Raiders, you know, they did make the playoffs this year, but they made it very, you know, they're very close to missing the playoffs. What's holding him back? And will we see a, an uptick in him? Was it possibly John Gruden? Um, it was John Gruden to an extent. He's not a very effective uh, play caller. Uh, Rich Bisaccio, once he took over as head coach, I mean, as a head coach, he's just simply... He, he's not effective as John Gruden. 
Um, I think the main problem, which which my which the data clearly support for Derek Carr, is that uh, his receivers are simply inept. Okay, Hunter Renfro is far less effective than most people think he is. Okay, Henry Ruggs was never effective to begin with. It's not much of a loss for Las Vegas. Darren Waller, highly overrated. And don't even get me started on his offensive line. Derek Carr barely has any time to throw. So it's for all these reasons. And it's been like that for the entirety of his career. And the reason why there are other quarterbacks ahead of him is because, let's say Patrick Mahomes, for example. I mean, I could go all day about everything that he has playing in his favor. It's just he's the most effective receiver of all. He's the number five most effective receiver of all time, and Tyree Kill. And he has the number one most effective tight end of all time in Travis Kelsey. He has a highly effective offensive line. He has Andy Reid calling his plays, who was highly effective. So it's no surprise. Football is a team sport. That's what people forget. It's no surprise that he has better statistics. So, yes, there, there, there are many factors that can hold a magnificent quarterback back from achieving those high levels of these simple stats. And, 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 that, and it happens to be a number of factors for Derek Carr. Okay, interesting. Good to know. I have, I have followed your work, so I was curious you know, to go a little bit more in depth. There's only so much you can do with a tweet. Uh, but let's continue back through your history of, of starting your own analytics firm. So... I believe you watched only just a half of Denver San Diego and you already knew what the outcome of the game was going to be after just watching that first half, correct? That's correct. At the time I was courting a young lady and uh, she wanted to go to this local establishment to meet up with a friend. And so I went with her. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in a booth there. I look over to my right. I saw an American football game. Now in passing before, I have seen American football, obviously. I'm from Connecticut. I've lived in America for almost the entirety of my life. Of course, I've seen American football before, but I've never actually watched closely or watched really at all. And so I went up to the bar. Once I became fascinated with what was going on, I realized that this is just a miniature version of a battle in some sense. And there's so much strategy involved. And I realized that a man of my intellect is so easily able to break this down. And so I was sitting at the bar and people were asking me after a while because I kept calling what was going to happen. I kept saying, it's going to be a pass. It's going to be a run. It's going to be passed to this player for this amount of yards, roughly. And I, I was correct virtually every time. So people were very surprised. This happened. Yeah, exa- exactly like you said, after about one half of watching the game. And so that is how I began on this path. I, I, I recognize that even intuitively, I have such a firm grasp of the sport. And then once I applied my knowledge of data analysis, I was able to build an algorithm that is capable of predicting over the, the final scores of over 99% of NFL games and 96% of college football games. But yes, that, that is how it began. It began by watching that Chargers-Broncos game. And what a lucky audience we are that you did happen upon that game. Um, so can you explain the 
you, you partnered with your cousin, Robert R. Smith, yes? Uh, the two of you patented the algorithm until you have a, had a falling out. Now, on your website, that's, you know, that's the story. Can you elaborate on that at all, or are you not allowed to? I will say this. I'm not going to elaborate fully on it. But I will tell you this. Robert claims that he did far more work than he actually did. Okay? I simply invited him along because I pitied him. And I'm going to leave it at that. He, he did some basic work in, let's say, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. I designed the algorithm as it is. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, he, he was, that's what he I was, figured. He was simply along for the ride. And he knew that at the time. Then he betrayed me. So I had to let him down. Tony, is that, Tony, is that going to be us in, in 10 years, 20 years? I mean, I'm not even going to try to pretend like I had a huge hand in the model. I'm, I'm just going to come out and straight up say it was like 99% at least Tom's doing. <laughs> okay, so hopefully you and I will be together for a long time. Uh, so let's move on to your your mission statement of Kent Analytics. So um, as it reads on your website, Kent Analytics was founded with the sole goal of advancing the capital of its users lest we deviate from this mission. So... You know, a lot of people have accused you of being a little too mercenary. And, you know, one of your side missions is to kind of teach people about football. Why is it just specifically to make money instead of maybe to enlighten people about the game that people seem to really love? I mean, we have an audience full of people here. So, you know, the game truly does attract everybody from all walks of life. Why is it so focused on money? Well, you see, the mission of my company, which is Kant Analytics, is different from my personal mission. You see, the mission of Kent Analytics is to advance the capital of our users. It's to make our clients money. My personal mission is to enlighten the hordes of troglodytes out there. I mean, let's let's be honest here. The hordes of troglodytes out there who claim to understand the game, who simply do not. And there's so many out there. I, I can't tell you how many times on Twitter I get people telling me, you've never played the game. You do not understand the sport. Of course I understand the sport. How else could I predict 99% of NFL games? It's simply absurd. It's simply absurd. Oh, 100%. It definitely is. I mean, and it's like, it's one of your pinned tweets, I believe, actually. Uh, just because I've never played football formally or in a pickup style does not mean that I do not understand the sport on a deeper level than you. To be blunt, I'm uh, very likely far more intelligent than you are, and my analytical out- abilities outweigh your on-field experience. I definitely I, I definitely believe that from the encounters I've seen. I don't think I've ever seen you lose a, a, I, an encounter. Exactly. I... I attended Harvard. How how many of these people on Twitter attended Harvard? You know, I my mom at the age of fifteen. I was fifteen. I graduated Phi Beta Kappa. Do you know how difficult that is? Incredibly. I'm Latin. And then these people think because they played football when they were in high school that they somehow know the game better than I. It is absurd. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure it is very absurd for you. Uh, so let's move on to the more specific questions now that the audience has um, a bit of an understanding in your background. Uh, so what's the most important part of your football outcome projector? The, I would say the, we rely on a number of technologies. There's one technology in particular 
uh, are you talking about in terms of analyzing a play? Is it is it is that specifically what you were? Yeah, I mean, you know, what, whatever level you can break it down to. Okay. Um, let's see. The main technology that we use is an AI simulation technology that is able to analyze the game tape of a player from any era on any team and is able to transplant that player into the game tape of another era and put him in a game on a certain team and it can see how that player would operate within that system. So you see, I was slammed earlier about a couple months ago when I tweeted something about Jerry Rice. How he would um, he would he would be but a practice squad player in today's NFL, and this was based on data. Okay, I, I gained inspiration to tweet those remarks after viewing a Raiders Broncos game from last season when I inserted Jerry Rice into the game at wide receiver and I matched him up against the number one corner of the Broncos, and Derek Carr simply chose not to throw to Jerry Rice. Because he struggled mightily to get open. So that's that's just an example. But this is how I tend to analyze players. I'm actually able to see how they would perform. I'm able to place them into games. And I'm, I'm, I'm able to shift players around. So I can I can detect what players operate at the mean level. And then I can create a team of those players. And then I could take any other player who I wish to analyze and put them on a team with those players. And that way I can determine just how effective he is on a serious purpose basis. And of course, I adjust for other things. I adjust for, for coaching. And then there are very, very many other factors that I adjust for. Mm-hmm. Indeed, I, my, my algorithms use over 100,000 different variables. Yeah, I feel kind of dumb for only using a handful for for each of the players. That's really just stat driven. I, I have to admit the way you do it. I mean, that's obviously why it's so successful. Um, so let's move on to the uh, back to the mission statement for a brief second. So the idea is that you're only going to advance the capital of its users. Um, how expensive are your prediction packages? I haven't looked into them uh, because you know to something you've pointed out, it's, it kind of ruins the sport of football to know the answer. And I don't want to know the answer. Um, and I'm not, you know, I don't particularly care to, I, I like the surprise of football as much as anything else. So, That's but right. I've, so I haven't looked into it, but how expensive are your packages? They range from 65,000 to 80,000 for a single game final score prediction. Approximately depends on the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tell I, I I tell people who are interested that I can put them in touch with my broker, and he'll be the one to give them that information. But it tends to it tends to fluctuate quite a bit in the postseason. It tends to be sometimes in excess of eighty thousand dollars for a single game mm-hmm. final score prediction. But I do consider that to be quite a bargain when you consider that most of the time I'm able to predict these final scores with roughly 997 to 99.9% certainty. No, I mean, that's a bargain. It feels like for, for that level of certainty, that's pretty incredible. Uh, Tony, you know, I don't want to just be the one dominating the conversation. Do you have any questions you want to ask Harrison? 
Yeah, absolutely, Harrison. Pleasure to meet you finally. I've been following your Twitter for a while. Loving to see the takes. One of the takes I do love to see is you and your model, their algorithm, are both uh, very willing to kind of correct the Tom Brady belief that he is the GOAT. I am also with you that it's a team sport. You can't use team accomplishments to measure a player. Uh, Precisely. For your algorithms, is it uh, how many do you discuss publicly? I'm sure there's all sorts of takes that you can't possibly get to uh, all on your Twitter profile. But are there any that you kind of see from the algorithm that you just aren't comfortable throwing out because they're just so outlandish to the mass? Uh, no, in fact, I would say it's, it's actually somewhat of the opposite. I do tend to throw out the more outlandish ones because it causes people to think. And, you know, I could say things like, Tyreek Hill, for example, is the most effective receiver in the league. And how many people would question that? There'd be a few fools out there who say Devontae Adams is more effective. But this is simply not the case because Aaron Rodgers is a more effective quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. And everybody knows that. That is why even, even, even a basic fool knows that. Hence why Aaron Rodgers won the Popularity Award, which is the MVP. So... I do tend to throw out some that are somewhat inflammatory because it gets people to think and it gets people to recognize my work and realize that they're not viewing the game properly. Um, so, no, I, I do not ever shy away from telling the people the truth. And that is something that I do love to see. I, I love the, the outlandish takes that at, on the base level, they're kind of like, there's no way this could make sense. But then you come to think about it and it's like, well, maybe it is. So going now further into that, obviously you are an extremely intellectual individual. So who would you say understands the game of football more at this point, you or your algorithm? Oh, that is quite a question. Oh, you know, I'm going, I'm going to have to say my algorithm. I'm going to have to say that my algorithm. Same. Understand the game better than I. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> and the reason why is because, like I said, the first time I watched football, I was able to tell the people around me precisely what was going to happen on a given play. But I wasn't quite able to predict the final score based off I've tried it before and in the early days of my business as I was just getting the algorithm started I was testing my intuition I watched a number of football games over the course of a few weeks trying to predict the final scores based off pure intuition you see it's very hard to do that before the game begins by by the end of the game by by the by the, by the end of the first half if you cannot predict the final score of a game, you are probably not that intelligent of a person. I mean, let's, let's be blunt here, okay? I was not able to predict the final scores of more than 50% of NFL games based off intuition alone. And I, 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 I believe that probably it has gone up to about 65 70%, if I had to estimate. But my algorithms are capable of predicting the final scores of NFL games with 99, above 99% accuracy. So my algorithms, that is the answer to the question. 
But Interesting. I designed my algorithms. That is true. All right. Well, if do you have the algorithm kind of nearby or would you know off the top of your head? I I was kind of wondering if we could do a comparison of who your algorithm has as like maybe a top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now in comparison to Tom Zelo and see if they align or not. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I do have access to it. I hope that it does not close me out of this application when I try to look at it. Let's see if this uh, application was designed by a Cornell graduate or not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for all the people on Twitter who see this and they're like, Cornell graduate. I went to Cornell. <laughs> so I, that's how they I feel. feel bad. <laughs> they, bad. They, they wasted their precious dollars. And everybody knows that Cornell graduates do not make many of those. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, poor Cornell graduates. <laughs> That's all I can say. Do you have your list um, available, <laughs> Harrison? One moment. Um, what, yes, do you have a it's posi- available right now. Do you have a position you'd like to start with that I can I can read off of mine first? On the quarterback list? Yeah, let's go by quarterback list. So I'm just doing this season's results and this season's results only. So right now I have Tom Brady, uh, Dak, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Herbert. And just because we talked about him earlier, uh, Derek Carr sits at 11th. Okay. Well, you clearly didn't assess the players on a set of his basis, did you? No, I, I can't say I did, unfortunately. That's one of the things I've definitely struggled with. Well, I assume you didn't attend Harvard. No, you know what? I, I didn't, unfortunately. But you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna plug this. My mom did, so that's that's about as oh. close as I can get. Well, perhaps you ought to enlist her to help you. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think I would. Okay. Uh, okay. Would you like to uh, compare lists? I can uh, begin reading off mine. Yeah, absolutely. Number one on the list. Derek Carr. Now, Mm. Derek Carr actually surpassed number two at the beginning of this season. Some people are led to believe, based off my, my, um, what I say on Twitter, that Derek Carr is by far the most effective quarterback in the NFL, but he's not. It's actually somewhat close. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Number three. And now this player moved up over this past season. He was previously sitting at 14, and he moved up to number three, and that is Jameis Winston. Number four, Kirk Cousins. Number five, Matthew Ryan. Would you Would you like me to keep going? Tony, do you have any thoughts like on the list? Top five. I, I can read them um, off. I again. gotta say, I'm really surprised by the Lamar Jackson take. That is one that I would not have guessed. Well, you see, Lamar, I mean, he simply, he simply doesn't have effective receivers. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying that for years. Lamar Jackson himself has practically been saying that himself. And the, the offensive line is just, it, it has never been there. It has never been there for him, the pass block in particular. If you put Lamar Jackson behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers O-line. 
would win the Super Bowl by about 50 points this year. What's the certainty on that? Just out of curiosity, if you have it. I'm, I'm going to need to run that calculation real quick. One second. Okay. They would have defeated the Cincinnati Bengals by 56 points. Wow. This predicted with 99.79% certainty. Interesting. Now, is that that's using this year's results? How about the upcoming seasons? Well, I cannot tell you who their opponent would be because that would obviously not be fair to my clients. Nah. And uh, I fear that there is somebody out there who, if I told them that, would try to calculate the effectiveness of Lamar Jackson and then try to determine if they're going to win the Super Bowl this year or not. So I'm not nope. sure that I can Fair enough. That information. Yeah, of course, whatever you have to do to, to protect your, your clients and you know your algorithm, I only share so much of the algorithm mostly because I don't think pe- people care enough. Um, but you know what? You, you do genuinely have, uh, you know, money at stake. So we, we can move on. Um, let's look at another position. Why don't we do wide receivers this year? Okay. Let's see. Let me pull that up. I can go first while you're doing that. So I had Cooper cup in first Devonte Adams in second, Justin Jefferson in third, Jamar Chase in fourth, and Antonio Brown in fifth. All right. Just pulled it up. I have Tyree Kill at number one, Devontae Parker at number two, Jamar Chase at number three, Michael Evans at number four, and Devontae Adams at number five. And here's a little kicker. Most people would be surprised by this. At number six, I have William Fuller, the fifth. Wilson. Interesting. Okay. okay. That number. Tony, two, how do you? You said Devontae, and I was not expecting the. Uh, I was not expecting that <laughs> Devontae to be at number two. I'll be honest. I thought for sure I was going to get Devontae Adams at two. Yeah, me too. Well, yes, uh, you see, people are very surprised by this. And what they need to recall is that who is the quarterback for the Miami Uh, Dolphins? uh, Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Tua Tungavailoa. Tua is not even, he should not even be a backup in the NFL. And my algorithms show this clearly. He ranks Hmm. 65th in the NFL when assessed on a ceteris paribus basis. 65th. Yeah, no, that's pretty horrible. Thankfully, for Devontae Parker, and that's why he sits there. If you put a quarterback, let's say the sixth most effective quarterback in the NFL, Cedric Paribus, Cameron Newton, if you put him as the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, you would see a completely different Dolphins team. I'm telling you, my algorithms show it clearly. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, of course, Tom's you, not you, you the resident be, Panthers fan. You'd be, able to to <laughs> you'd be an absolute fool. Tony, do you want to argue with it? Discredit science completely and mathematics. Part of me you wants to, to discredit science and math completely here. To argue with that. 
Cam, I just I just don't know if I can put Cam Newton. In, I don't know if I could put Cam Newton in the top half of quarterbacks in the league after last year. I don't. Th- I just don't think I could personally do it. The top half? No, I think he's. I think he's pretty Are bad. Daft? Are you deaf? I think he's pretty bad. I do go to a state school. Keep in mind. Okay. <laughs> so, how much is your opinion truly worth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tony. Uh, okay, why don't we go b- back to the qu- question and answer segment? I know, I know, Tony has a few more questions, but before we go to Tony, um, so my my last question to you: wh- What was your favorite prediction of all time? The one that I've been along for and that you've made public to uh, through Twitter was the fact that Derek Henry was going to get injured, not because I wanted Derek Henry to get injured, but because people said to you, you know, oh, he hasn't been injured his entire career. Like, it's not going to happen now. And then the very next week he was injured. Um, so, you know, people went back and they're like, you know, they, they start commenting the wide eyes emoji. And they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, I don't, you know, what what is this? I, you know, this is crazy. You know, so w- what's your favorite prediction that you've made? I would say that my favorite prediction is that um, – Well, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not really sure that I do have a favorite prediction because I have accurately predicted the final scores of of every single NFL game besides three this season. So, uh, I can tell you my least favorite prediction, and that is that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be benched for Tua Tagovailoa. Oh yeah, that. and then I predicted that the Dolphins' record would plummet. My algorithms indicated this season that he was that that happened to Ryan. The Dolphins would have made the Super Bowl had he not been benched. Super yeah, Bowl was. They would have made it, and they would have fortunately have lost due to horrific play calling. But um, I normally do not put injury predictions out on Twitter. That is why it was such a rarity that you saw the Derrick Henry uh, tweet, and that is. Probably why you liked it so much, but um, yes, I'm, I'm. I'm not. I'm not quite certain that I have a, a favorite prediction per se. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I predict no, what, nearly everything that happens in the NFL. I was going to say with so many, it's 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 hard to pick a favorite. Um, so exactly, to, and I try to keep biases out of it, of course. And yeah, that's true. Things is not is not helpful towards that. Gotcha. No, fair enough. All right, Tony, it's it's all yours. We can kind of do a few more questions. All right. I know that something that uh, we've kind of struggled with the, with the Zelo model is figuring out how to account for players that have just been drafted, uh, and we don't really have any data points for them outside of college play, which is obviously completely different from the NFL. So how is your algorithm able to account for newly drafted players, and how long does it take for it to be really accurate, or is it immediate? It's immediate. And here's why. I am able, as you know, to take players from games by analyzing their game tape using this AI technology that Kent Analytics has developed and place them into the games of NFL games. To place them into NFL games, put them on NFL teams, move them around, put them in in, in countless simulations and determine precisely how effective they are 
Now, you might be wondering, well, they're going up against college competition. Not in my simulations. I'm able to extract them from their college game tape and insert them into NFL game tape. That is only one of the many things that I'm able to do in order to properly assess the effectiveness of college players. But that is probably the most straightforward tool that I can explain to the listeners of this podcast. I I, I have other technologies that I use in order to increase precision, but uh, I'm certain that uh, your listeners would not understand it. And if you did indeed attend a, a state school, I am afraid to inform you that you would not understand it either. Absolutely. All right. So when you're when you were doing your algorithm, we here with the Zila model love to use lineups.com and pro football reference and these other various sites that keep track of tons of different data. Are there any specific websites that are typically your go-tos for stats or football data, or is it all stuff you've developed? Are you talking about in terms of the basic stats? Yes, just the basic numbers after every week. Like, what's what's your go-to site for uh, the box score, I guess you could say? I am beyond the point of using that. My employees take care of that completely, and they and they insert all of that information to our database. I'm sure they get it from a variety of sources. Pro Football Reference is, is probably... One of them that they're still using, I would have to check up with them in order to just get a, you know, those very basic stats. But like I said, we use a hundred over 100,000 different variables and AI technology does much of our work. I can't find any website that is able to give me the, you know, the, the, the length of, of grass, for example, in these stadiums. Okay, this needs to be done through AI technology that is so advanced that even the governments of any country around the world do not possess a technology that is remotely close to what I possess in terms of being able to analyze the environment and whatnot. Not to interject here, I know it's you know you're kind of you're you're questioning segment Tony Harrison. How much does grass impact a game in your in your model? My model has noticed a an a an apparent correlation, an inverse correlation, you might say, between the length of grass and the length of turf, and running back performance, ceteris paribus. That's just one of the many things that my algorithms have predicted. It also affects kicking accuracy and power, among many, many other things. We even look at things as um, that, that, that no one would ever think to consider, like the quality of the hotels that the away team stays at prior to games. We look at the, the meals that these players are eating prior to the game, and even sometimes in the days before the game. My, our AI technology is able to predict, and I do not want to alarm any NFL players who are listening to this podcast, as I'm sure there are. We are able to virtually predict their daily activities. Hmm. I'm going to leave it at that. 
Interesting. Okay, Tony, do you have another question for Harrison? Yeah, I do have one more. Uh, Harrison, our Zillow model is run through pretty much just a bunch of formulas in an Excel spreadsheet. Is that how yours is run, just in Excel, or is it its own system? It's its own system. We we do not use Excel anymore. Did it just did it start it? off in Excel, and you just got you know too advanced for it? I used Excel on, let's say, day one through three of constructing my algorithm. I believe that's what it was. And then I created my own software right after that. And that's part of where my cousin came into play. And uh, he liked to uh, take too much credit for that. But uh, I'm not going to address that any further. All right. We'll take those, Tom. Good. Yeah, really. Now I know what yeah. I know what I need to do. The next uh, step is to create our own software. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get people to do that. I don't think I know where to begin with creating my own software. So, uh, Harrison, but one more question from me, and then I guess we can, you know, unless you have any more, Tony. No, that's all I had. So I have a few more questions, um, and then we can kind of turn it over to the audience. So, audience members, if you guys want to call in and ask a quick question or two. You know, by all means, please do. I'm sure Harrison would be more than happy to to address the answer. So, why do you think so many people think your projections are fake, Harrison? Like, it's one of the biggest knocks against you that I see on Twitter is that people they call it a parody account. They say, "Oh, this is a great bit he's doing," or when they, you know, when you do get something right, people are like, "Oh, that was just dumb luck," of you know, or of course that was going to happen because it's so easy to to see stuff like that with hindsight. So, you know. What do you think is the biggest reason that people think you are doing an act? The number one reason that people think I'm doing an act is because I say that these quarterbacks, like, let's, let, I'm going to look at my my data here for a second. I'm like, look, there's a quarterback here. Um, let's see. Joseph Burrow. Joseph Burrow is the 29th most effective quarterback in the NFL when assessed on a purely setter's player's basis. And when I say this, people people are like, this guy is not being serious. But of course I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go to Harvard and become an NFL data analyst and not be serious? That doesn't make any sense. So it's precisely because I tend to rate players that people rate very highly occasionally far too low for their taste, that they think I am engaging in some kind of satire or parody or something of the like. I have never made a joke on Twitter, let's be clear. And the reason why people, they, they, they would say, well, wh- why don't you just come out and just say the, for the final scores of these games and, 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 and whatnot, if, if you know what they are, just, just do it one week to prove that you are, are not lying and that, and that you are serious. There is already an FBI inquiry into Kent Analytics because we were able to predict and the, the, a joint NFL-FBI investigation. It, it, it's dangerous in order for me to promote myself much further. Mm-hmm. That's precisely why I don't do it. I've already been banned from every casino. I'm not able to place any bets of my own. My clients, part of the reason why I charge so highly well, obviously because of the precision. But because as soon as they start betting, they are also banned from these books as well. So they only have a short period of time to bet. 
So it's for all these reasons that I'm not able to put out a final score on Twitter. And it's for all these reasons uh, related to player effectiveness on this, when, it, when, it, when, it, when it is assessed on a serious purpose basis that people believe I'm gauging in parity, but I'm simply not. And my clients know this, and that is truly all I care about. Of course, that's got to be the... the masses, but they're going to be so thick-headed that they cannot accept the truth when it is being told by a man who attended the most prestigious academic institution in the world. Then who are they going to listen to? No one. That's got to be the most frustrating part, right? Is that you're trying to make the world a more informed place and, you know, no matter what you do, it just ends up playing into this narrative that you're just doing a character. Precisely. And sometimes I think maybe we should just come out and tell them what they want to hear. Like some things like, oh, Tyreek Hill is very effective or something like that. But I feel like that... It defeats the purpose. It just doesn't need to be said. You know, and it's, it, it is very frustrating. Now, if you were going to do a bit, you know, not to get a little bit too confusing for the audience here, but if you were to do a bit, you know, what would that look like? Well, I'd probably pretend to be a Yale graduate who, if you know anything about Yale graduates, or Yale students for that matter, (laughs) yeah, I tend to believe that they are far more intelligent than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Unlike, they're essentially state school students with the, let's say, opinion of themselves of a Harvard student. In the case of the Harvard student, it is justified. In the case of the Yale student, it is simply not. And I would say things like, I would say things like, oh, dude, like Dwayne Haskins is the fifth most effective quarterback in the NFL. And if you were placed on, let's say, the Raiders, he would be he would, he, he would be the MVP of the league. I would say something crazy like that. I would, I would, yeah, this, I mean, I would say something along those lines. I would just make things up. I, I would simply just make things up. And I would, I would attack Harvard graduates and claim that they're not intelligent. Something Things like that. And I would brag about my wealth and my fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you wouldn't even have a model or anything in reality. I I bet you would just, you know, click some keys and, and make something up and then, you know, have to chat, you know, keep track of it and remember something crazy that you said, some outlandish claim that, you know, and the the real the real way to do it is to say something outlandishly crazy that will never happen you know it will never happen and then say but if it did happen you know this is what would happen with you know i think because it would be a yale graduate they wouldn't be able to do 99 like you you can in actuality i think they would do 98% just you know in case it did happen right because they aren't that confident in themselves precisely a yale graduate is never truly confident in themselves. It's just merely a facade. You were precisely correct about that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's probably got to be hard to be a Yale graduate, but I, what do I know? I'm I'm just a, a humble Holy Cross student. Oh, that's a shame. 
<laughs> you got me there, Harrison. I was kind of hoping you'd say something nice. <laughs> but you know what? Fair enough. You're an honest man. You're, uh, as, as one of my dear friends say, you know, I'm not a kind man. I'm not a nice man, but I am an honest man. And I think that is a very good way to sum up you, Harrison. Uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, extremely kind. Yeah? No, that's fair. You are here. I, I, don't, I didn't mean to insult you. Okay. That's uh, right. So, audience members, you guys have any questions for Harrison? I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I'd imagine. So please please come forward with a, with a quick question. And, Tony, do you have any more that have come up while we've been talking? No, I do believe that is all for me. All right. Well, Harrison, do you want to leave us with, with a parting thought, something to for the audience to remember you by until hopefully – we have you on. Oh, we have callers. Never mind. <laughs> Hold on a second. I need to. Let's see. I'm going to invite you to speak. And then if you accept the invitation, that will free up the calling lane. All right. Hey, Colin, how you doing? Hi, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I was just uh, he, uh, wanting to hear about the. Cleveland Browns predictions for this season. Uh, really big fan, and just wondering what you're thinking about that, um, uh, Mr. Kent. Colin, I very much appreciate that call. And while I'm not able to tell you, because it wouldn't be fair to my paying clients, how the Cleveland Browns will perform in terms of a win-loss record, in terms of what they might or might not do if they make the postseason, etc., I'm able to tell you this. You might enjoy hearing this. Baker Mayfield was the most improved quarterback when assessed on a set of pair of his bases in 2021. He moved up 20 spots prior to the season. Baker Mayfield was but the 31st most effective quarterback when assessed on a set of his pair of his bases. Now he ranks 11th. So if you believe that quarterback is an important position, that obviously is a good sign for the Cleveland Browns. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for enlightening me there. Um, You're quite welcome. It's a pleasure to edify. Definitely a good opportunity to uh, talk, with, uh, talk with you. You're quite welcome, Colin. That was Colin on Colin. I always love that. Tim, welcome to the program. What questions do you have for Harrison? Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. How you doing, Tim? Hello, thanks for having me on. So I'm, I've been following Harrison for a few months, been trying to get a response out of him on Twitter. So when I saw that he was going to be on a podcast tonight, I knew I had to ask a question. But So I'm a longtime Chief fan, and i got to say – I. I don't understand how anybody in their right mind could have Patrick Mahomes so low on the quarterback rankings, even on the Ceteris Peribus basis or whatever. Ceteris Peribus, okay? Let's, let's try to... Okay, but listen Go. here, Harrison. His resume speaks for itself. He's two-time Super Bowl competitor in his first four seasons. Super Bowl MVP. Makes magic throws week in, week out. Throws for like four Come touchdowns on. per Come game. On. So how can anybody, how can anybody say that they're smart <laughs> and then have him that low? His resume speaks for itself. What about Tyreek Hill's resume? What about Tyreek Hill's resume? What? He's good because of Mahomes. Tyreek Hill is good because of Mahomes? 
Tyreek Hill was good prior to Mahomes getting there. Did you see what Alex Smith, who is extremely inept, did with Tyreek Hill? What are you talking about? winning games and they made it to the playoffs. Regardless, though, regardless, though, how can you still have Mahomes so low on the rankings? Look who he has. He has the most effective core of weapons that any quarterback has ever had in the history of the NFL. I guarantee you, if Derek Carr was under center for the Chiefs, the Chiefs would not even be a playoff team. You are a troglodyte. And and I I do not know how I can explain this to you any differently. And you know, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise because I can hear that accent. And I know you're from the southern United States. So you're clearly not a man. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, you coached Oh, you went to Harvard. Oh, big deal. What do you mean, big deal? I went to you Harvard. come down. You come, come down, down here. Alabama? We'll kick your ass. We'll kick your you know ass. Nothing about that analytics. Don't okay. Uh, that. That's my own nonsense. Thanks for the call, Tim. I do want to let us go as we approach the hour mark. But thank you, thank you for your call, Tim, and thank, thank you, you for, for having me. And Harrison, screw you. screw you, pal. Screw you. Get out of here. Well, I simply don't want to be edified. This is what I go through on a day-to-day on a day-to-day basis. Frustrating. Oh, you certainly are an interesting and controversial fellow. I, I do think Harrison. My apologies to Tim for that little that little mix-up. Uh, but thanks for everybody for listening in. We'll see you next week, and we do hope to have you back on on the program again sometime, Harrison. Well, Thomas and Tony, it's been quite a pleasure. I would love to come back on at any time. Yeah, well, we'll we'll have to bring you on. Excuse me. Do you want to go, Tony? <laughs> I said thank you, Harrison. I appreciate I your time. I interrupted you. Oh, you are quite welcome. The pleasure is all mine. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye bye. Enjoy your nights. Goodbye. <laughs>